going to be in Hebrews this morning, chapter 1, verse 4. How about that? How about that? I can count higher than three. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4. A. Verse 4, A. I'm not, for the record, I'm not, I'm not trying to draw this out by, by, some, by some thinking that somehow if we drag these things out that it, it's going to make for a better study. I don't think that at all. There will certainly be parts of the book that we will probably take much larger sections than what we are. However, as I, the more I study and read the book of Hebrews, the more I find myself not being able to get very far and and, until I think, man, there's so much good stuff in here. And so I want us to get this, especially, especially in this first chapter. There is so much good stuff that we see. So we're going we're gonna to pick up the pace, probably, Lord willing. But we're, we're going to do what we need to do as long as it takes. Now, you may notice this morning, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, which I typically read from the Holman Christian Standard Version, the H. CSB, and I'm, I'm reading from the New King James Version simply because of, of one word, and you'll hopefully know what that word is by the time we get to the end of, of, of the sermon. This particular word is used often in the book of Hebrews, and I believe in every other instance in, in the Holman Christian Standard, it translates the word the same way, but for whatever reason, in verse 4 in the translation I usually use, it changed it. And so for consistency's sake, and because I think the word that we're going to see here today is a, is a better word for us to use, that's why I'm reading from the King James today. But we're only going to read five words today. We're not, we're not going to get too far into it, but I pray that God will bless us through these words that we read. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4. Having become so much better. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your word. God, your word is good if we listen to what it has to say. God, I pray today that you would help me to do a good job. God, I greatly desire to preach and teach in a way that brings glory and honor to you, dear Lord. So I pray that you would use me in spite of me, of my weakness and my fear and my and my and my just worries, dear Lord, and my pride and all of the things, God, that are in me, dear Lord, I pray that you're bigger than those things, God, that you'd be bigger than me, that you'd be bigger than any of us in this room today, that you'd be bigger than our problems, that you'd be bigger than our, than our worries, than our stresses, God, that in this moment that you would help us to hear from you, God. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would be in this place today, God, that when we leave this place that we would know you, God, and we would know you better. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Having become so much better. We saw in the first three verses who Jesus is and the significance and the power behind who Jesus is. And after we are introduced to Jesus by the author of Hebrews, we are told here at the beginning of verse 4 that he is so much better. And this is the first of many betters throughout the book of Hebrew. Thirteen times the word kraton uh, that, is, that is used in the original language in the Greek, which we translate as better. Some of your translations this morning may say superior, but more times than not, it's going to say better. The word kraton in the New Testament is used mostly in the book of Hebrews. Now, it's used in occasion in some other books. 
But the author of the book of Hebrews uses the word better often. He's talking about Jesus. He's telling his audience that Jesus is better. Better than what? Well, let me tell you what he's better than in the book of Hebrews. In 1-4, Jesus is better than the angels. Excuse me, better than the angels. In 6-9, Jesus gives us better things that accompany salvation. In 7-7, the better blesses the lesser. In 7-19, Jesus gives a better hope. In 7-22, Jesus is the guarantee of a better covenant. In 8-6, Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. In 8-6, again, he gives better promises. In 9-23, Jesus is a better sacrifice. In 10-34, through Jesus, we have a better and enduring possession. 11.16, Jesus grants us entry into a better place. 11.35, we have obtained a better resurrection in Jesus. 11.40, something better has come through Jesus than what was in the past. And in 12.24, the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of Abel. So you see 13 times, again and again and again in the book of Hebrews, the author says that Jesus is better. And in all of these things that we see, some of these things, we read through them and we understand the connection that he's making here, but we might not connect to these things that it says in the same way that his original audience would have connected to them. Now, we can read about the priesthood and about the kingship and about all of these things and the sacrifices and we can, we can understand what's being said here. We can, we can get, okay, we see this in the Old Testament. We see how this applies. We see how Jesus fulfills this. But we may not can connect quite in the same way. Because at this time, they were living at the time that there was a priesthood and there was sacrifices and there was a king. So in some way, the audience connected with this writing better than we do. Because these are things that we don't struggle with. So probably for all of us in this room today, I feel safe to say that it's not hard for us to sit here today and say, oh yeah, Jesus is better than the sacrifice of, of the blood of goats and bulls, right? We get that, that thing. That's not a struggle for us. But that's not to say that we don't have struggles. There are certainly things in our life that are a struggle for us. There are things in our life that compete for our attention. And there are temptations that come. There are sins that are ever before us. And there are times in our life that things of the world appear to us to be better than the things of God. Because we see the way that God does things, and we see the things that God allows, and we see things that we don't understand and that we don't get and we don't like and we don't think is fair. And there may be times that we think that our way is better. Or we think that the things of the world, as good as they may seem, and the enjoyment that we get from them in the moment, they may appeal to us so much more that, quite frankly, what we are saying, whether we like to admit it or not, is that we like things of the world better. Because God says don't do X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z is tempting to us, and we think, man, this would be great, and we do it. And what we're saying there in our heart, if not with our mouth, is God, this sin is better than you. But what we need to realize for us today, even if the things that Hebrews is talking about, and we will talk about all of these things in detail and what they mean as we get to to these different betters. But for us, the things that we struggle with might be and are definitely different than some of the things we see in the book of Hebrews. So what we need to be reminded of and what we need to know today as we get prepared to continue to go into the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better than those things that are around us today. We need to know that Jesus is better. 
Now, for some in this room this morning, it may simply be that you need to know Jesus better. Maybe you don't recognize and live your life like Jesus is better because you don't know Jesus well enough. Maybe you're genuinely a follower of Jesus Christ and you put your faith in him, but maybe it's time for you to grow in your relationship with God. Maybe it's time for you to move on from that spiritual milk and dig deeper into God's word and listen to God in a different way and, and, and respond to God in a different way maybe than you had. Maybe it's time that God wants you to grow and maybe for some today you just need to know Jesus better. Maybe for some in this room today, you need to know a better Jesus. Now, you may be saying to yourself, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that sometimes the Jesus that we see preached in the world today is not the Jesus of Scripture. Sometimes people take the gospel message of Jesus Christ and maybe they water it down in some way or they present Jesus in some way that is not accurate. I pray that as we go through God's word that that, that, that could never be said in this church. But I pray that we know who Jesus is and we accurately see who Jesus is and that I accurately preach who Jesus is and that we don't water down the gospel of Jesus Christ but we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, the goodness of Jesus Christ, the word of God. God, the good things in the Word of God, the hard things in the Word of God, that we are true to the Word of God, and that in all that we do, that we recognize that Jesus is better. But the problem for some in this world, maybe if they, is that they have not heard of a better Jesus. They have heard something that, that is not good, that's not bringing them to maturity, that's not helping them to grow in the Lord, or even worse, maybe they've never really put their faith in Jesus Christ because they don't know who Jesus is. My favorite Bible teacher, a guy by the name of Steve Gregg, he wrote in one of his books that the message that we convert people with will determine uh, what type of people that we convert them to. And so what's the message that we are converting people with? What's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, first and foremost, it's this, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to this world to give his life on a cross for the forgiveness of sins and that Jesus Christ was resurrected, defeating sin and defeating uh, death and giving eternal life to all who would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That is the gospel message at its core. But too many times I, I fear that, 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 that churches or preachers or people are, are more interested in just saying, I want to make converts. Here, do you, do you want to go to heaven? Do you not want to go to hell when you die? Then say this prayer. Then repeat these words. If you say the sinner's prayer and you, and you say that Jesus is the Son of God, then, then your sins will be forgiven and you can get dumped. And if you say these certain words and everything's going to be okay and then you won't go to hell. And maybe, just maybe, there are millions of people who have been converted through those types of messages. But maybe not. Maybe there are some people who say, well, but this is all I've got to do. If I, just, if I just repeat these words in this prayer, if I just go get dunked, then all is well, and I won't go to hell. Let me tell you, there is more to Jesus than heaven and hell. There's more to what God calls us to than heaven and hell. Praise the Lord through Jesus Christ. We are given eternal life and his presence in a better place. But there's more to our relationship with Jesus Christ and who he is than just saying, I don't want to go to hell. 
But see, that's the problem so many times is we want the cheapest way out, right? What, what's, what is the least amount of work I can do? Okay, none of us want to go to hell in this room. I, I feel safe in saying that. So for some, they say, what's the least amount that I can do? What's the least amount of effort that I can give? What's the least thing that I can do to ensure that I can still live in my sin but not go to hell? Oh, say a little prayer, do a little thing, do a little this. Come to church once or twice a year, every once in a while, and everything's going to be okay. That is not Christian. Christianity. And maybe, just maybe, you've genuinely put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're living that way. I want to tell you today, if that's you, that Jesus is better. And he demands better things of us. He calls us to trust him and to serve him and to live for him in a better way. He's the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he deserves better of us than just to say, oh, your free ticket out of hell is here. Jesus is so much better maybe than, than we realize today. But for so many people, I'm afraid that there are some in this world that view Jesus as simply a, a supplemental insurance plan, right? Okay, I'll trust in my own ways and my own self and my own abilities to get me through these things, but there are going to be some things that are bigger than what I can afford, that are bigger than what I get through, and the supplemental insurance policy is good to have around. It doesn't cost much, and it'll be there for the big things. And some people treat Jesus in that way. Okay, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. But hey, I came to church, and I said a prayer, and I was baptized once, and so therefore Jesus is there when I I need him, but that's it. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus needs to be at the forefront of your life all the time. He needs to be your primary care plan. He doesn't need to be your supplemental plan. You need to give him all that you can because he's given you all that he can. And so we need to realize that Jesus is better maybe than what we've been taught, than what we think, than what we've believed in our whole life. We need to know who the Jesus of Scripture is and know that he is good and that he loves you and that he died on a cross for you. And when he calls us to come to him, it's not just to say so you don't have to go to hell. It's so we can serve him and live for him and draw close to him and have relationship with him. And there is peace and there is joy in that relationship. That's what Jesus desires of us today. Jesus doesn't just want us to come and sit on a pew every once in a while. Praise the Lord. He does want us to come to church. He does want us to fellowship. He does want us to sit on these pews. There's no question about that. But he doesn't want us just to sit on these pews. He wants us to come and to seek him with all of our heart and the way that we live our life in Jesus is better maybe than you have realized today. So maybe we need to talk about some things that Jesus is not first before we can really understand who Jesus is. Jesus is not a genie in the lamp. Now some people, I believe, treat Jesus in that way. They come to church occasionally, they know God's word, maybe they've said that sinner's prayer, but they only call on Jesus when they want something and expect and believe because they have been taught that Jesus is sitting there and there's nothing more than Jesus wants to do than hear your request for a new car and give it to you. And some people treat Jesus in that way. They don't pray to him and seek things that are meaningful. They don't listen to him when he speaks. They don't seek his word. But when they want something that they want, they say, oh, Lord Jesus, will you give me this thing? And that is not 
who Jesus is. He is not a genie in a lamp who is sitting there and waiting to give us all the things that we greatly want in this world. Now, I will say that Jesus is good and God blesses us and sometimes we are blessed with materialistic things and there are things that we need to pray for and I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for those things, but we need to realize are we praying with the right heart when we pray for the things that we need or the things that we desire? Are we just treating Jesus like he is there to fulfill all of our commands? Because that is not who Jesus is. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve, and he has served. When Jesus gave his life on a cross and was crucified, Jesus has served us, and Jesus has given us exponentially more than we could ever deserve. He has given us forgiveness of our sins. He has given us eternal life. What more does Jesus need to give you today for you to say, I will follow you, Jesus? But then sometimes we get frustrated, right? We pray and God doesn't answer our prayers as though we are entitled, as though we are supposed to have certain things. No, God has given us above and beyond anything we deserve. Now, praise God, He is still gracious. He still gifts to us in many ways. But there is nothing more that we need to say, well, God, I'll trust you when you do this. No, He has done what He needs to do. And He has spoken to us in the most powerful way possible through Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. And that is a Savior that is worth following. That is a Savior that is worth listening to. That is a Savior that maybe is better than you realize today. Jesus is not a genie in a lamp. He is the Son of God who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. Jesus also is not stupid. Jesus is not stupid. We cannot fool Jesus. I fear that some people think that somehow they have fooled God that they have lived their life of sin and they continue to live their life of sin and they know they're living their life of sin, but they think because they have said certain words, because they have walked an aisle, because they attend church on occasion, because they put a little extra money in the offering plate, that somehow that God doesn't see that they're living a life of sin. That somehow the rest of the days of their life and the nights of their life that they go out and they live for the world and they choose the world, that somehow Jesus is so stupid that he doesn't realize that they're not really following him. I'll tell you today, Jesus Christ is not stupid. He knows your heart. Now you may think you're fooling God, but I got news for you. If you think that today, you are only fooling yourself. And you might be fooling everybody else, but I got another secret for you. You probably are not. Because those kind of things are easy to see through. We need to know that Jesus is better than that. We need to view Jesus as better than that. We don't need to say, okay, I'm going to come to church occasionally to appease God so I can live for sin the rest of my life. No, we need to know that Jesus is better than that. That we don't need to live in sin. That we need to strive to not live in sin. And to live in obedience to God. And to seek Jesus. And the power that Jesus gives us through His crucifixion and through His resurrection. Jesus also is not one who winks at sin. I heard one preacher uh, say it this way one day, that sometimes perhaps people view Jesus as the grandpa, who the grandma has told the grandchild, you can't have a cookie from the cookie jar, and then uh, the child begins to get the cookie, and grandpa sees him, and he just gives a little wink. It's okay. It's okay to do a little sin. That is not who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't wink at a little sin. Now, we may say, I'm pretty good, and I'm pretty righteous, and I do pretty good things, and I'm pretty involved with the church, and I don't sin very much, and so Jesus is okay with a little sin. 
After all, he's already paid the price, and so the price has been paid. It's not costing him anymore. So why does he care if I sin a little bit more? That is not who Jesus is. Jesus is better than that. Jesus is better than us saying, well, the price has been paid, therefore I can sin all the more so that God's grace may abound all the more. Paul says, absolutely not. We need to know that Jesus is better than that. That Jesus is better than wanting us or allowing us to sin a little bit, but he wants us to live in better ways and not to sin, but to seek him and to live for him and to do what he says. Why? Because it's for our good. Praise the Lord that God does not give us everything that we want. Because if God always gave us everything that we want, it would be a bad situation. It would likely, in many cases, lead to our destruction. Because if God would begin to give us all the things that we want, the house and the car and the money and all of the the fame, if God gave us that, it would likely destroy us. Because we would seek that, and we would seek that more, and we would seek that more until we get to a point where our heart is hardened and we don't seek God anymore. Praise God that he is not a genie in a lamp, that we rub it and all of a sudden he comes out and gives us what we want and has nothing to do in our life. Because guess what? What we realize as we will live and get older, I believe, because I see it a lot, is we realize is that all the junk and the stuff doesn't matter. What really matters in life is relationship. And the most important relationship is that that we have with God through Jesus Christ. And a relationship is important for us. So God doesn't give us what we want. We need to realize this morning what matters. That's what God wants wants us to realize in life is what matters. What matters? God matters. People matters. Now, I visit a lot of people, and sometimes they're older people, and almost always... The people that I visit that are older, they don't, they don't care anything about the stuff. They don't care about the money in the bank account. They don't care about the house. You know what they do care about? They care about their family. You know what they want more than anything else? I could probably tell them I'll, get, I'll bring you a $100,000 check or your kids could come see you. I guarantee you 10 times out of 10, they're going to say, I'd love to see my kids. Because that's what we desire is relationship. God desires that relationship with us as we desire that relationship with those around us. So praise the Lord, God doesn't give us what we want, at least not when we're younger, especially because we realize when we get older what really matters. And what really matters is following God. That's a good ministry, by the way, for some of you who sit around and say you're looking for something to do. Maybe you got some kids and sometimes they say, I'm bored. Well, look, let me tell you what to do. Next time your kids say, I'm bored, you go to enterprisebaptist.church, click on recipes. There's a good recipe for a chocolate chip cookie. Make that chocolate chip cookie and take it to a widow or to a widower and knock on their door and say, we love you and we made you some cookies. Now, that's a good ministry right there. And maybe some of you need to do it. Maybe not even just your kids. Maybe it's you. Now that's a, that's a side, side note there. But my point is, is that there are better things that God calls us to, better things than things of the world. God is not a genie to give us our materialistic things, but God wants to give us better things than what we have asked for. And so we need to remember that as we read through the book of Hebrews, that Jesus is better. That Jesus gives us better things than we could possibly ever imagine. Now, I would venture to say that, that nobody would come in, has come into this room today would say that, that Jesus is a stupid genie that weeks at sin. None of us came into that, the room, this room today saying that, but yet sometimes that's how we live our life. 
Sometimes we live our life as though Jesus is there to give us all we want and let us sin a little bit, and he's, he's too dumb to know that we're living in sin or care about it. That is not who Jesus is. We may not have uttered those words, but sometimes the actions in which we live our life and carry out, and that's exactly what we are saying about Jesus. Jesus is better than that. The one who was beaten and mocked and nailed to a cross. He is better than that. He deserves better things from us. And we need to realize that everything about Jesus, everything about God is better. Even the things that are difficult. When we see that God is, is, is a judge or that Jesus is the judge. Or even when we see that Jesus is angry occasionally in Scripture. Even as He judges, He's a better judge. Even when He's angry, He's better in His anger. Jesus is better than us in every way. And we need to realize that He is better and make sure that He is better in our lives and better to us. Jesus is better than our sin Praise God. We come here today and hopefully we seek Jesus because we are sinners and we struggle. And day after day, as much as we may desire not to sin, that sin keeps coming back. But I want to tell you today that Jesus is better than your sin. If you're struggling, then keep going to Jesus. And if you keep failing, then keep repenting. Jesus is better than your sin today. You may come in here and you may have thought, man, my sin is too big for me. The choices I've made are too bad. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. No, I'm telling you today that Jesus is better than that. He's better than our sin. There's a woman in the Old Testament, and she was, or excuse me, in the New Testament, and she was caught in adultery. And these accusers brought her before Jesus and said, hey, it's time to stone this woman caught in adultery. And do you know what Jesus did? He began to write in the, in the sand of the ground. And we don't know what he wrote. Perhaps he was writing the sins of those around. We don't really know. There's some speculation there. But, but whatever he wrote, it made a difference. And he told that crowd that was there that day, he said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And you know how many stones were cast that day? Zero. Even the accusers who brought this woman in sin before Jesus, and she was in sin, even Jesus was better than the accusers. And he was better than her sin. And she, he came to her and he said, Go and sin no more. In the book of Revelation, it speaks of Satan accusing God's children day and night. But God, uh, through Jesus Christ, he's better than our accuser today. If Satan accuses us, Jesus is better than that. Now, maybe we come in here today and, and we're convicted of our sin and we feel ashamed of our sin. Well, praise the Lord. That's a good place to be because we can repent of our sin when we get to that place and realize that things are wrong. And what does Jesus say? He never says sin is okay. Let's understand that through Scripture. Jesus says never says sin is okay. But what he says to this woman is he says, go and sin no more. Now, praise the Lord that Jesus forgives us. There is grace in Jesus Christ. We come here today, and hopefully we, we bask in that grace of Jesus Christ. But Jesus doesn't give us grace so we can continue to sin. He gives us grace, and he says, go and sin no more. Maybe that's the word that God wants you to hear today. Maybe he's tired of the cycles that we are living in, the sin that we are living in, and maybe we're really his, and maybe we're really repentant on occasion, but maybe today we simply need to hear God speak to us and hear Jesus say those words, go and sin no more. And through Jesus Christ, he can help us to overcome our sin because Jesus is better than our sin. Jesus is better than our pride. Jesus is better than our hypocrisy. Jesus is better than our anger. Jesus is better than our hatred. Jesus is better than our laziness. Jesus is better than our homosexuality. Jesus is better than our gossiping. Jesus is better than 
You name the sin. And the list can go on and on and on today. I want to tell you today that through Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected, He is better than your sin, and He wants to forgive you of your sins today if you would put your faith in Him. And that doesn't come by repeating words. It doesn't come by walking an aisle. It comes when in your heart, in that moment, that you recognize who Jesus is, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and you say, Lord Jesus, I repent, forgive me of my sins, and in that instant, we are a child of God. Praise the Lord. That is good. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to know a better Jesus who offers us better things than what this world offers us. And I'll tell you this too. Jesus is better than this church. He's better than the people in this church. Now, some of you today may need to hear that. Because here's the thing I hear people say sometimes. Is they say, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus because I know him and I know her and I know the things that they do. Well, if that's you today, I want to tell you that Jesus is better than this church and the sum of its parts. Jesus is better. Jesus is better than the deacons. Jesus is better than the Sunday school teachers. Jesus is better than the, than the gully jumpers, as good as they are. Jesus is better than, than this old preacher. Most definitely Jesus is better than this preacher. Jesus is better than everyone and everything that we do. Now praise the Lord that even though that we sin, if we are a child of God and we're a member of this church and we put our faith in Jesus Christ, praise God that he uses us in spite of us. And there are times maybe that we need to look at our life and we need to say we need to do better for Jesus because he's a better Jesus than I'm living for. He's a better Jesus than what I'm showing the world. And we may need to examine our lives, brothers and sisters in Christ, to see if we're doing what we need to do, because we certainly don't want to be those who scare people away. However, to be honest, a lot of times those who say those things don't really want God anyway. They're looking for an excuse. And maybe today you're looking for an excuse. Well, I want to tell you today, don't reject Jesus Christ because this preacher screws up a lot and messes up and doesn't do good things. Don't reject Jesus Christ because of something that you've seen some other brother or sister in this Christ do because I want to tell you that Jesus is better than all of us. Jesus is better. And I want you to accept Jesus because of who Jesus is. I don't want you to reject Jesus because of the failures of his followers, because his followers will fail. But I'll tell you today, and you need to know this, Jesus will never fail you. Jesus loves better than we do. Jesus is more patient than we are. Jesus is more forgiving than we are. Jesus is more gracious than we are. Jesus is better than anything in this world, than anyone in this church. I want you to know today that Jesus is better. And that's what the author of, of Hebrews tells us throughout the book, time and time again. Yeah, he lists some sacrifices and, and all of these other things in the priesthood. But we can go on and on today. You make a list of what you're going through in your life, what you're up against, even the good things in your life, and whatever is on your list, you can put before that, Jesus is better. And once we recognize that in our life, that Jesus is better than we are, that Jesus is better maybe than we've been taught, that Jesus is better than we realize, once we realize that Jesus is bigger and better than what we go through, once we realize that Jesus is better of our sins, we have gotten to a good place, brothers and sisters in Christ. So today, let us be those who know that Jesus is better. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good words. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to hear these words. God, maybe there are some in this room today and they've never put their faith in Jesus Christ because they sit in this church that, quite frankly, is sometimes full of hypocrites, dear Lord. Sometimes even those who are yours that, that don't do the things that we should do. God, I pray that you forgive us for that when we live in that way. Help us to repent and go and sin no more in that way. 
But God, if there are some here today that have turned away from Jesus, rejected Jesus up to this point because of what they've seen, God, know that there are times that those who are yours, God, don't always represent you accurately. And God, we are sorry for that. But God, I pray today that for those in this room that don't know Jesus, that they would know that Jesus is better than anything in their life. That they would maybe even know, dear Lord, that that He's better than anything that they've ever heard of Him. God, that they would seek Your Word. That they would read about Jesus. That they would see how He lived and the things that He did, dear Lord. That that through Your Word and through Your Spirit, God, that they would know that Jesus is better. God, if there are those in this room today that are Yours, God, maybe we need to know Jesus better today. I pray that You would help us to do that. God, for those in this room that are not Yours, God, I pray that they would know Jesus and that they may know a better Jesus than what they have been taught. God, I thank you for your words. God, I pray that in the way that we live our life, that we live our life in a way to know that Jesus is worthy of our honor. He's worthy of our respect. He's worthy of our praise, dear Lord. He has given all for us, God. And we thank you for that. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.